Hey everybody, it is Dave and Jeff. It is January 20th, 2021. How you doing, bud? Uh, quarantine. Let me see. I got into quarantine uh, a week ago tonight. So I'm I'm completely isolated from anybody. So it is so weird. It's just like, Dave, you hear about it, right? And and you talk to people that have traveled and they you go somewhere. If you went across the border, you have to quarantine for 14 days. I'm out of here on Saturday. I'm lucky uh, that, as we mentioned the other day, I don't have any symptoms. I'm okay. God damn, Dave, if I had to do this for another week, I'd be insane. And so, uh, obviously, I know there are people in the ICU and hospitals that have it much worse than I do. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very thankful, again, as I know you are. I appreciate everybody that reached out, but but we said it the other day. Like, I have no symptoms. My temperature is good. Like, I'm, I, I appreciate everybody that's like, hey, get healthy. Um, I am. I just, I happen to have the COVID, as Dave does, too. So, uh, I'm not fighting anything. There's nothing to get healthy from, but I, I sure appreciate everybody reaching out. But more importantly, it gives me uh, a better appreciation day for our, our medical workers, our first responders. And it sure gives me uh, even more compassion for the people that are that are really genuinely fighting this thing hard. It, it breaks my heart. And uh, those are the people I, I think we send all our wishes to for a fast recovery because... I know there are a lot of people that are really, really struggling with it. I'm, I'm just struggling with a little cabin fever, but we'll get over this soon enough. You know, I talked to a, a lot of people, as you said, have reached out to us. So many people have been very kind. Many of our listeners have had COVID as well. Uh, one of our yes. listeners, Manny, reached out to me, and you know, not only was he hospitalized for more than nine days, the doctor says he won't be 100% for months. And he said when he was in the hospital, the guys on both sides of him both died. And he said, he, oh, thought, my goodness. he thought he was going to, and, and you know, we, so many things that you can't point the finger at. Why is it that, uh, you and I have been very lucky, whereas there are other people we know who are extremely, you know, outstanding shape that all of a sudden they're hospitalized for weeks on end. And you sit there and you say it is, you know, extremely serious. And as you said, the cabin fever, because you and I, I think have felt good you, and you understand the rules why we don't leave the house and go out. Oh, yeah. It's very strange. And I start thinking about people who are like serving prison terms, not saying I feel bad for them, but oh my gosh, because, you know, here we are, you and I can watch whatever the hell we want and almost eat whatever we want. And we have access to our cell phones and do everything that we normally want to do, except you're being told you can't leave. And so it's, yeah. it's very, it's very strange. The, the feeling like when you finally get back in your car, it's going to feel weird not driving for over a week, you know? It's yeah, I, I can I can leave Saturday, so I'm in an isolated area, and I'm I'm in a program that's designed by the County of San Diego. So I'm following all of their requirements. I'm incredibly lucky. Talk to nurses every day that monitor both your mental well being um, and your temperature and different things like that. So I'm great. Doctors and nurses check in every day. And by the time Saturday comes around, then I will have uh, quarantined long enough, and I'm and I'm good to go. But it's just weird day for me, right? Because it's all the little things that you take for granted. And uh, you know, number one for me is seeing my kids. So, but yeah. uh, we'll get a chance to hang out on Saturday. And like I said, I sure appreciate everybody that reached out. But um, I don't have a fever. I don't have a cough. There's no kind of lung pain and Man, oh man, Dave, I'm, I watch some of these stories of what people are going through, and it's just, it's really, really, I mean, it was bad enough, but now that you and I both are positive or COVID positive for a handful of more days, yeah. uh, it's really impacted me a lot. Like, I, uh, I just, um, you want to believe that you always care about those other people, but but when you realize how close it could have been to you, yeah, it's incredibly scary. It makes you incredibly grateful for what you have. So appreciate everybody. But like I said, I'm cool and we'll be out of here in a couple of days. You know, you touched on something. You said that, you know, when, when you tested positive, the, the county said that they wanted to have the ability to, to monitor you and check in with you every day. I, I didn't take yeah. advantage of that. Obviously, what you did was for, you know, the next group of people that get it. And hopefully they learned something by what you've gone through. 
Um, as far as you deciding to, hey, you can share my, you know, what you learned from my sickness, what made you decide to do it? 100% just doing anything I can. But here's the weird thing. Um, a lot of people that I have seen have donated blood. I can't do it because I lived in London. And so because I lived in London, we talked about this uh, when Kraska did his blood drive because I lived in London in 87 and 88. Uh, I'm on the no can do donate list for, for the blood bank. And that, that bums me out. If I could donate blood and they could use it, uh, to help other people, shit, Dave, I, I go every week or every two weeks, but I can't because I lived in London and it's the same thing as why I'm quarantining for 10 days. Uh, you don't want to be reckless. You don't want to do anything that, that could have a negative impact on somebody. But I was, I think maybe it's just from the podcast, right? Like once we started doing this and you live your life as an open book, shit, whatever I can contribute um, that, that might help somebody. I told him, I said, call me anytime, follow up on me, email me, do whatever you need. I'll talk to you all day long. So uh, just trying to do my very, very minor part in, in trying to help the, the really incredible medical professionals that have checked in on me every day, Dave. I'm just so thankful for them. They're, they're unbelievable people. And I, I just, I could never repay them. You know what? I, I honestly, I regret not doing it when I, you know, what happened was I went and got tested at Kaiser and then I got the text message saying, Hey, your results are in. All you have to do is log into, you know, your Kaiser account and see what your results are. And I log in and it says, you know, I'm positive. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, the phone rings and, it's just yeah, same, same, same thing for you. And it's just lady goes, yep. Hey, this is Debbie calling from, um, you, you know, p- p- public health office. And I go, Hey Debbie, what's up? What's new? You know, cause <laughs> I knew what was going on and she has to know this is the worst call of her life. If someone doesn't know the email and, uh, yeah. she goes, I just want to let you know, you tested positive for COVID. I go, man, Debbie, you, you are a downer, you know, you have any good news? And, yeah. and she goes, I'm so sorry. And I go, Debbie, I'm completely screwing with you. I, I already read the email. I know. And then um, she goes, okay, I just want to say best of luck. If you have any questions, call your doctor. And then I got other calls after that, Jeff, and probably the one that you got next, which I ignored, where I just said, fuck it. I already talked to my doctor. My doctor told me this is what you need. This is when you need to come in. And and I just like, I don't need to talk to anybody else, but I probably should have done exactly what you did and try to help someone else out by what I was going through day by day. Well, yeah, because I would say for anybody, because they don't know the level that you have it. Yeah. So take the five minutes, answer the questions for them. And, and look, the other thing is at that time when the call comes in, even though I know how I had felt for four days or five days at that point, even a week, uh, you don't know if it's going to kick in in two days or three days. And so I just, I wanted to get as much information as I could and provide as much information as I could. And I, I've kind of, um, in the seven days since I found out and for the next four days until my time is done and they can, uh, donate their time and resources to somebody else. Um, I just, I just try to do whatever I can and, and get them the info and ask whatever questions I have and then get off the phone. But no, man, I, I just say, Dave, I, I know, that the county has been open season for a lot of things that have gone wrong, and I, I get it, but I can just say in my particular case, they've been absolutely amazing, and I, I just I, I just thank them very much because they've been great to me, and I, I appreciate it. Put me at peace of mind, put my kids at peace of mind, and, and that's been really nice for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we're doing the show again. Jeff's in a different location than I am. And, and again, I apologize if it's not as clear as what you guys expect it to be. No one really called in or, or sent me notes complaining. Most people, I think, were more concerned about you know the health of, of both of us that were very nice. Nobody called me a dipshit for fucking up the levels, but doing the best <laughs> we can. And appreciate the fact that you guys understand we love doing the show. So this is the best we can do at this time. Hopefully next week you and I will be uh, doing the show face-to-face and, and back to normal. Uh, today was was a crazy day. I mean, and, and we'll get to Philip Rivers and stuff, but today was a very interesting day in United States history. And, and obviously, you had time to watch. I had time to watch. What, what was your day like? Uh, well, what's funny is I'm actually back working. So I'm oh, able shit. to work from where I am. I had missed 
Thursday, Friday, Monday, and it's just so weird for anybody when you're off work for five days, it feels like you're going for three months. Yeah. So I actually started working again, yes, uh, whatever day, Tuesday, started working again Tuesday and then working today busy, but was able to, to have it on. I, Dave, I thought it was amazing, man. I just, for four years, there'd been so much hate and so much anger, and it was very funny tonight checking in on Fox News Channel for five minutes about how we've all been fleeced, right? You go, all right, then you move on. But it's just watching, I thought, watching Kamala Harris be be sworn in was pretty pretty wild, right? Just to see that and realize where we are and everything from Gaga to J-Lo to Garth Brooks. Um, I thought Biden's speech was great. And then just watching the whole thing, man, it just kind of... I was waiting on something to recharge a battery and I, I dug it a lot. I thought it was really, really cool. And then seeing John legend tonight and, and some of the other performers at the nighttime concert. And I, I just did my one takeaway that, that made me goddamn laugh all the time was how much fun Mike Pence seemed to be having. And I just <laughs> thought, man, anybody from the previous regime, looking at him shaking hands with Garth Brooks and smiling and doing the whole thing. Uh, they had to be going crazy, but at least, uh, at least it went smooth. There was no danger. There was no trouble. And, uh, and, and we move forward, right? We just keep moving forward. You know, we always like to believe that we move forward, right? I mean, no matter what, no matter what happens with whoever's running for president or ever just lost running for president, when it comes down to it, we're all end up being Americans. We're all proud of this country. I don't know anyone who's not proud of this country. And we always, yeah. we always love to claim in the United States we're number one, whether it's the Olympics, whether it's politics, whether whatever. We're the leaders of the free world, and we love to say we're number one. But there's so many times where we, we can't get along on, on simple, stupid issues. But overall, we, we all have a lot of opportunity in this country. And, and it, as they always say, it's promised to you for you to pursue the dream. And so yep. when we go, okay, well, let's see what happens for these next four years. Because I remember four years ago, I went into it saying, let's see what happens these next four years. This is our, our president. Legitimately, that's what that was my attitude. And I had a friend of mine I remember talking to that same day who voted for Trump. I did not vote for Trump in the last election. And I said, this is my president. And let's see how it goes. And it, it didn't go, it went worse than I thought it was going to go. I'll just say that. But it went worse than they thought it was going to go too. Not saying that person's crazy. They they realized too, yeah. hey, it didn't go the way I was hoping it was going to go. So you start today, and I know for a lot of people obviously who voted for Biden will say it's a fresh start to get back to normal. You keep hearing normal. And then you're here, some people will say, this is my president. I'm reading on Facebook and I'm looking on social media. And they're saying, all this stuff that's obviously cut and pasted, and then it's the backhanded compliments. Boom, 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 boom. And why I'm not a Biden guy, and why I'm not a Biden guy. And you're like, man, you're part of the problem. You know, we're, and, and I decided I'm just going to start dumping it, almost everybody off. I dumped everybody but one person actually off because I like this one person too much to dump them off. But I was like, I'm, I'm just done with all the division that we have and the negativity. It's too so fucking draining that, that it wears me out. It just as an adult, it wears me yeah. out. I don't want to do it anymore. And so, my, you know, my goal obviously is to be that, that country where people sit there and admire us for what we do and the way we set the pace for the rest of the world, not the one that people make fun of. And I hope we, we, we do fantastic with whoever just came in now and whoever comes in in four years or eight years or whatever. That's always the goal as a taxpayer, as an American citizen. But there were so many backhanded shots that you're like, fuck, man, are you going to give anybody a shot? And you want to, I think so many people, even Biden people, just want to move forward. They don't want to make any more Trump jokes. They don't want to do all that. You mentioned Pence. Pence being there today, to me, was a sign, Jeff, of this is moving on. This is, this is called a transition. If Obama did that to Trump four years ago, people would have lost their freaking mind that he did not show up for the transition. And so uh, t today I thought was, was fantastic on the best thing I saw. Nothing against President Biden, okay? But Kamala Harris... And so many of my friends who are Republican who have daughters were so proud to see a woman step into that office as a vice president. It was incredible. And, the, and yeah. for them to say to their daughters, the world is out there for you to accomplish what you want. And the pride that they show pictures of moms and daughters or dads and daughters. I love those pictures today. I thought it was the best thing of the day for me. 
Yeah, I thought, Dave, I, I agree with you on Kamala Harris. I thought that was cool. Okay, man, you know what was nice was tonight seeing all the security barriers coming down. Yeah. So you don't look like a third world country, right? You don't look like a, a communist country around the White House where the fences are coming down and the security is coming down. And when you watch Biden just walk into the driveway and, and they're going back to daily press briefings and, and all of a sudden things are being sworn in and you're seeing foreign leaders say, hey, let's get back to work. Let's figure out things, uh, whether it's the World Health Organization or working together to figure out plans for COVID. And you just go, yeah, this is it, man. This is kind of what we've needed for a while. And so it just it kind of felt like a, a much needed shot in the arm and there was a little bit of an energy about the day-to-day that was pretty cool, and you just hope that that carries on and it's not just a short-term fix. No, absolutely. The, the day, as you mentioned, some of the entertainers that were there were Jennifer Lopez, Lady Gaga, Garth Brooks. I don't know what politically what Garth Brooks' side he's on. We know he's from Oklahoma. We know he's a former Padre. But and but when he, he came out there with the blue jeans and the hat and dressed like Garth is, and he, and he pulls the hat off and he sings – and he gone, man, really fucking good. But then he was gone. Then he like yeah, sprinted sprint off. <laughs> he was gone. I'm like, where are you going? Take a seat. You know, you seem to know everybody that's around you. But he was there and then yeah. boom, out the door. See you later. The uh, the wild thing about today, and I, I was talking to a friend about this, is I, I was going to bring this up on the show. I go, hang on a second. I go, tell me what is going on in the White House tonight. I was like, is Biden in the same bed? Like, when I leave where I am, I'm at a hotel. When I leave a hotel, somebody's going to come into this room, right? Yeah. They don't just change the beds out. And I'm like, is Biden, is Biden in the bed where Trump was last night? Like, I literally had no idea. Do you know there's a, there's a group of people, Dave, that yeah. had like five hours That's today it. to change out the entire furniture and the beds in 16 rooms in the White House. So anything that is... Uh, Trump's gets packed on a truck and heads to Florida or New York, wherever he wants it to go. I think it's Florida. And then Biden, uh, his people, right, determined what they wanted in these 16 rooms. And they, they have to come in and set up beds in the bedrooms and the family rooms and do the whole thing. And they had like five hours to get it done. Like, do you, it'd be like if somebody moved into your house tomorrow and you left at eight and somebody just came in and packed all of your stuff up and took it out and then moved in the new family and the new family at seven o'clock tomorrow night we're just sitting in here where you are right now just in the garage hanging out dude it's it's unbelievable some of the cool things that happen behind the scenes i would love to see it and i've known that story for years is that you have five hours in five hours out and you're going yeah how do you fucking do it i mean how many times have you hired movers number one and you're going yeah. Man, we should have got another five hours, you know, or, or man, we should have hired three right. guys instead of two guys. And you're like, how the hell does that happen? It, it is so nuts. There's so many different things that are crazy to me about it. One is I was thinking as Biden was going in today, you're basically saying, I will never drive a car again. You know, from this point on, yeah. I'm never going to drive a car again. Someone's going to drive me wherever I go from this point on. And you're like, I'm basically never coming back to my house again. I mean, you know, for at least four years. Yeah. And it is so, so nuts. Um, So here's a couple things I found about the White House, okay? I'll just have, I'll I'll ask you a couple questions. How many rooms do you think are in the White House? I saw, it's over 100, right? Is it 160? 132. Okay. 132, okay. How how many bathrooms are in the White House? I love that. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 50. Okay, it's 35. Not bad. You're doing better than I than I did when I was guessing. How many levels are in the White House? That's the great one. How many levels are in there? Because it's deceptive, right? Yeah. It's I'm going to say there's five. God, that's really good, man. I would have guessed like three. It's six. Okay. 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 Nice. La- last, last couple ones for you. How many doors are in the White House? Wow. <laughs> Well, you said there's 135 rooms, so there's got to be, I'm going to say 200. 412 doors, 147 wow. windows, 28 fireplaces, 8 staircases, and 3 elevators. 
it's kind of nuts, right? Wow. I mean, it's kind of nuts. Yeah. So, so when you write, when you ask the question, are they sleeping in the same bed? I doubt he's sleeping in the same bed. He's getting president of the United States. No, they don't. They take yeah. everything out. Yeah. Everything's yeah. changed. I, yeah. I, I want to sleep yeah. in anyone's bed. You know, and then it is, it is crazy. I mean, uh, Rita asked me today, she goes, can you imagine how excited he is tonight? I go, how do you sleep last night? Like, how do you sleep knowing tomorrow right. you're going to be named president of the United States? It's so weird. Well, and especially having been there for eight years, you knew, and having run two times before, yeah, he had to be sitting there going, man, at some time this is going to be me. But he knows the place left and right. It's right. not like when the other guys come in, right? When Obama came in or when Trump came in, and maybe you've been there for dinners or to visit, but I like I would think Biden knows that place pretty well. <laughs> exactly. It's got to be a little strange, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Also, I like what you just said there. You said something interesting that I always think about. People always say, because when a president steps in, they always make mistakes and get killed. And they always say, well, there's no training for president of the United States. In this case, yeah. there the kind of is. There kind of was eight years of training. You look at Harris... And there's no training for her to be vice president. But in this case, there is. Her boss was vice president and could say this is what is expected. And that's one of the things people were worried about, about the transition. If Trump's not working with Biden and Pence isn't working with Harris, how hard is it going to be for them to transition to be effective? You kind of have a guy like Biden that that experienced both roles to go, okay, we're moving forward. I know how to do it. And and there you go. But it is. It is nuts. I mean, the whole process, five hours in, five hours out, is, is crazy to me. Well, I thought tonight, Dave, and this this was pretty cool, and I think it speaks volumes. Watching some of that show tonight, when you see Bush, uh, George Bush, when you see Bill Clinton, when you see Barack Obama, they're obviously there with their wives today at the inauguration. Jimmy Carter couldn't make it because of health reasons. But when you see those three guys standing around tonight being interviewed and just saying, hey, uh, we've got complete faith in Joe. We've all known him for years. Uh, obviously, if he needs anything, we're here at his beck and call, but he's got this. You know, Man, that's what we needed. You just kind of, you know, I, I get it. It's, it's three Democrats and one Republican being George Bush. But finally, it just gave a sense of unity again, right? And yeah. and. And the idea that, yeah, not everything's going to be perfect. It never is in a bipartisan uh, democracy. But at least tonight, it just felt like uh, from from what the ceremony to what I mentioned earlier, the security barriers coming down, seeing the past presidents come together and say, hey, we're in this together. Uh, yeah, it just kind of, I don't know, kind of felt like it gave us our mojo back a little bit. I, I feel like people stopped looking at us going, what the hell are you doing? I kind of feel like, all right, maybe we've got a chance to get out of this. I, I hope that, I hope that's the case. My favorite relationship, by the way, in, in politics is watching George Bush and Michelle Obama. I think it, it, yeah. it it's outstanding. Not only do you have two people, different parties, different sexes, different races, they are, are so close and have been close for almost 15 years. It's always giving her candy. Yeah, it's. I mean, the, the sense of humor, the laughing. They love to be near each other. They love to sit there and talk to one another. I love it. And someone had on there it was one. It was one. Someone on Twitter had it where I guess during uh, Biden's induction, he whispered, "This is some normal shit." <laughs> which, which I, I thought well, was funny as hell to me because I think a lot of us feel that way. Finally, some normal shit, and it came from a former president yeah. of the United States. Yeah. Good for all those guys, yeah. man. I uh, I hope they get this thing together and get too. it rolling because there's a lot of lot of crazy things going on, Dave. You're watching tonight. I'm I'm watching the frustration of people trying to get vaccines, and we don't qualify. We're not old enough to do it. But my goodness, people bringing their 75 year old mother, their 80 year old grandmother down, and staying in line for two hours down at Petco Park, and then getting kicked out of line and the frustration, like there's just, there's so many little fires that need to be put out. Hopefully these guys can, like I said, get an established plan, communicate that plan, right? Have open communication. So we all at least have a general idea of what we have to do and and what's going to happen next. And try to get some sense of normalcy back here, maybe by the summer. My uh, my mother's told me she's supposed to get the shot next week. You know, she's seventy five years old. She's supposed to to. Okay. She's, she's looking forward to it, 
besides my my nephews who are, who are doctors, they have it, but I don't know anyone else that has gotten the shot. Do you know anyone yet? Uh, yeah, our friend Julie Brownman, because she works for the fire department in uh, in Colorado. So she was able to get her first shot. Uh, that's the only one that I know of so far. What did she tell um, you? Did she say anything about how she felt? My, my nephews talked about the sore Yes, arm. it was cool. Yeah, no problems? No. no. I mean, not, what I mean, problems? It was meaning, cool. No sore arms, yeah. no sickness, no nothing? Nothing Nothing major. Yeah, she said she's doing good. So then she goes back and, I don't know, I felt like I heard somebody else, too, say that they have to go back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, you got to get the second one. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do. I know when, when I get the chance, even though I'm... Um, dealing with it right now when they call me and say it's my turn i'll go my kids will go their mom will go and then uh we'll continue to mask up and do everything else but uh, i'm not going to preach to anybody you guys do what you want to do but i i know what i'm going to do when i get that chance i'm going have you talked to your parents about it like what's their plan yeah uh there uh i haven't talked to my dad on it it's funny i haven't talked to him as far as his plan uh, my mom is you know, she she stays pretty low. She's not really out messing around. I know she went and got a flu shot and got and got COVID tested and she's cool. But um I think she just wants to wait and see what everybody else is doing. But yeah. I think once I go, her grandkids go, she'll she'll probably go at that same time. Yeah, and what do they say? By I mean what you're hearing, by September, whether you get the shot or not, there are gonna be enough people that have the shot where you're gonna be okay if you wanna wait that long, or you can just go ahead once that comes up to you and take advantage and, and get the shot when it's offered to you. So I you know, again, yeah. I'm like you. I wouldn't tell anybody what to do. Um yeah. I mean I'm, but I'm exactly like you when it comes to when they call me and say, Hey, we got the shot for you, I'm there. I'm not gonna skip out on it. Yeah. You know, so yep. yeah, it was uh, definitely uh, definitely an interesting day. January January twentieth, January sixth was a terrible day in this country. January twentieth, hopefully, was a great day. We'll find out. Um, you know, obviously, sure. in four years when we have this conversation again about what we thought about the last four years, <laughs> yeah. how would we do? Yeah, right. One thing I kept yeah. thinking about you, Jeff, today was when uh, Biden sat down at the desk with all the pens and he and he's signing. And he he kept folding the book back over and then going to the next one. But you remember when Trump did it four years ago and he, he would show and take a picture with each one? Yeah. And then everybody was all over Twitter putting bullshit stuff in there. Remember? <laughs> and, and we all laughed. Doing all the fake trades. Yeah, we laughed yeah. our asses off. I thought it was so funny and so great. I was kind of disappointed that Biden didn't show the book to the camera to let us, you know, Trevor Bauer to the podcast. You know? Dude, the thing that's been killing me all day is the Bernie picture. Oh yeah, Bernie's sitting there with his mittens on, and they've got him from the construction site from the '30s. I just saw one where he's at the Rainbow in Hollywood with Guns N' Roses. Yeah, he's on a porch. He's in all these different things. Dude, that has been the funniest thing of the day. That's been one of the highlights of the day. I wouldn't say the highlight of the day, but definitely one of the highlights of the day. I'm with you. Been all these people that have superimposed Bernie in ten thousand different things. I don't know if he's seen any of them, if he gets the joke, but goddamn are those fun. The, you're right. The construction site one with all those guys sitting on that beam with their lunch boxes. Yeah. And there's Bernie right at right yeah. on the end. Fuck, is that funny? Yeah, he sits right in. He's there. He's on the friend's couch. I've seen him with, like, yeah, he's in. Uh, God dang. We've said it before, Dave. The, like, the social media. I mean, Padre's Twitter is so good at it. The guys from Padre's Twitter. Um, but, yeah, some of those tonight have just had me cracking up laughing. They're fantastic. Too damn funny. All right, uh, to, to get away from politics, Philip Rivers, did it surprise you that he announced his retirement today? Nope, not at all. You kind of got that feeling the other day after uh, after watching his press conference and where he got pretty emotional. And I was laughing because I was looking back at that draft. We had not yet gone on the air. We had not gone on the air at ESPN 800. We were getting ready to go on the air. So that whole Eli Rivers draft of 04, we didn't really pick it up until uh, the summer. And then in the summer on 800, we were so pro Raiders and anti Chargers that we didn't really have much relationship with him until a couple years later. But man, oh man, we were lucky enough, like everybody in this town was media wise, to get a chance to deal with him, get a chance to know him. What incredibly, incredibly good guy. And I, I know everybody has seen it or heard it or, or whatever. 
I just always enjoyed when he came over, Dave. He just was really, really fun and animated. And because I, I have a good friendship with Weddle, uh, Weddle and I had been become buddies um, pretty quick from his time here. Uh, it just gave me one other kind of thing to always bring up, right? And I'd always say to him, would you rather give up uh, three interceptions to, uh, what's the dude's name? Jason, Jason Verrett. Okay. Would you rather give up three to Verrett or one to Weddle? It'd be three to Verrett yes. every time. I don't want to hear it out of Weddle. <laughs> and, uh, and just, uh, but man, you know, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I'm going to say it again. I love the guy. I, I just, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know that he gets in the Hall of Fame. I know he's got really, really good numbers. Um, I don't know that he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's a Hall of Fame guy, 100%. If he gets in, I'm not going to argue it. I mean, I guess there's other guys that you look at, right? Fouts never got in the Super Bowl. No, but, if um, he played at the time Fouts but, played, he would have been in the Hall of Fame without a doubt. But you're right. But, things have changed dramatically. I mean, Terry Bradshaw completed around 50% of his passes. I think he threw two more touchdowns than he did interceptions. Rivers, okay, I have it right in the, front of me. Yeah. Yeah, Namath, its numbers are terrible. So Rivers has completed sixty-eight, excuse me, sixty-five percent of his passes. Okay, he threw four hundred and twenty-one okay. touchdowns, two hundred and nine interceptions. So far and away better than than Bradshaw, better than Namath. But you mentioned the Super Bowls are what everybody wants to mark down, and I, I don't it's disagree playoff with record. that. The playoff record, playoff record is, is is terrible. Game-winning drives, yeah, he has his share. He played a long time. But most Charger fans will say Rivers is going to throw an interception with less than two minutes to go. It happens all the fucking time. And so I, I don't disagree with you. I hate to say that. I hope he makes it in the Hall of Fame because I think you can make an yeah. argument. He's the greatest Charger of all time. There's a lot of great things you can say about him. The fact he never missed a game is is wow. outstanding, too. That he Incredible. has the longest consecutive yeah. streak going. And then you sit there and shake your head. There's nothing bad to say about Philip Rivers. The, the sad nope. part is if you ever cheered for him, he never had that Super Bowl win on his resume or even a Super Bowl appearance on his resume. He might get in, Dave, just because, I mean, look, his numbers, right? You could There'll probably be plenty of people that look at those and go, yeah, that's quality. He was there, and if he had been with the Giants, if he had gone to the Steelers, then maybe he has the rings that Roethlisberger and Manning have. Uh, we'll never know. No, I, I can't tell them they're completely wrong on that. I just, uh, it, I just, I saw everything today that was making it seem like he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Let me leave it at that. I, I'd be shocked if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. If he gets in, I'm not going to complain. I just, I don't know that he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, I don't know that Eli's a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? With two rings. Eli is, um, I think Eli's 117 and 117. I, I think that's his, his record. Yeah. It's exactly 500. But I think he gets in because of the two rings and being New York City. I think he gets in. But but I just uh Rivers, man, I'm telling you, when he he was so great for this town and the one thing was this is I, I think my takeaway for Rivers, um, watching from the outside. When that team left, that team left and this town was heartbroken, right? Yeah. Fucking Keenan Allen and guys like Verrett and Bosa and all these other guys, they immediately have the LA hats on and they're, they, it just felt like they couldn't care less. They, they were here and boy, San Diego was in their rear view mirror almost immediately. But you know what? Nobody cared. Nobody cared about those guys because the guy they wanted to. And when, when Tomlinson and Hardwick and all those guys, failed this community. I'm sorry, Hardwick failed this community. Say whatever you want. He hightailed it back here. Um, but but the guy you needed to, to have San Diego's back had its back all the way. And he had their back again today when he thanked San Diego and never mentioned LA. Yeah. And that was clearly a message for this community from Rivers. And you just go, man, that's awesome. That's just freaking great. You know, that's why you go, I just... He's such a good dude, and and that's who he is. And and we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago when he came back to the Breitbart and he was choked up talking to this community about what happened. Uh, he's solid, man. He's solid, and he'll always be loved here in San Diego, no doubt about it. One of my favorite stories today about Philip Rivers was J.J. Watt. 
where J.J. Watt said, Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm <laughs> going to say. Where the yeah, Texans are lining up against Rivers, and Rivers tells the linebacker on the Texans, you're lined up wrong. Like, he knew that yeah. guy was supposed to blitz, but he told him he was lined up wrong in the middle of the play. And then J.J. Yeah. Watt said they went back and looked at it, and Rivers was right. He, he watched enough film and knew exactly <laughs> what the Texans were doing. He knew that guy was doing it wrong. And he said it was hilarious that here's the quarterback telling yeah. you, you are fucking up in the middle of the game. You're, you're going against what your team has taught you. And called him out on it. It would have I just, uh, I just think, Dave, if that downtown stadium had been built, and I get it, man, we're in a, we're in a different pandemic world right now. But he should have been able, if 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 that team had stayed here, right? Yeah. And and the Chargers determined after last year that uh, he's not going to play again. I think he walks away. I don't even know if he goes back to the Colts. But can you imagine this town today? In a perfect world, right? With the yeah. Chargers playing downtown and uh, and 17 hanging it up and just thinking about how lucky we ended up right after Eli Manning tried to disrespect the franchise and the community. And we just got an absolute rock star who loved it here and was loved here, man. That was the thing I was thinking about today. It just felt odd to have him as a member of the Colts today. Yeah. I'm sure it's uh, right. I mean, Jerry Rice in Seattle or Emmett Smith with the Cardinals, Namath with the Rams. There's plenty of different examples of it. But I just think about had he been given that opportunity to retire in San Diego today. Holy cow. This town. I don't know what I honestly, Dave, and I'm not saying this being being flipped. If he's in San Diego and announces his retirement, I mean, I'm still I'm still pretty confident. Biden leads the five o'clock news, but Rivers isn't very far down that that call sheet. Oh, that's interesting. Like that's how big a story it would be yeah. in San Diego. I no. get it. Biden yeah, would right. still be number one, but before you go to local reaction or anything else, I would think Rivers is probably story number two. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're you're right. Maybe Rivers does it different. I haven't. I've. No idea how it goes. All I'll say is about the fact he went to the Colts. He didn't go out having an embarrassing year. You know, he had a very good yeah. year that matched up with yeah. basically the career stats that I told you. There was nothing that he did terrible. He took the Colts to the playoffs in his only year. It's not one of those embarrassing moments like a, a Joe Namath had with the Rams or, or right. Johnny Unitas with the Chargers. This was Philip Rivers, who you would say the Colts, you would think, would have won him back. And uh, he says, you know what? It's just time. He already has a high school coaching job. You know, he's all set to go yeah. to coach his kid. And so it's just time to move on. I like love how he said, he goes, you know, at, at any point in my life, I'm always going to feel like I can throw the football and compete. And I remember you and I used to talk to Joe Theismann when he was almost 60. Yeah. And he used to say he could go out and get a win at, at 58 years old. And you and I would go, what the yeah. fuck is he talking about? But that's just the attitude of a guy. The mindset of a winner, man. Right? Of, yeah, you're feeling good. You think you can make the throws. You can read a defense, and you think you can say, "I can compete on Sunday and get a win." And yep. he said that will never go away. And I 100 percent believe that. Just talking to enough guys that you and I have talked to on this show, he will always believe that he'll he's able to compete. But he's moving on to that moment you just said a second ago. What do you miss most? You miss hanging out with your boys. And for him, he's like, it's, it. time, "It's time to hang out with my kid and coach him in high school football." Man, there's and there's. And I'm sure he heard it plenty of times over the years. But the one thing that I've heard a handful of times this week is, hey, I miss you, Dad. You go, yeah, I miss you, too. And that's the thing, right? You go, all right, that's all I need. You go, you get through it. We'll we'll get to Saturday soon enough. But good for him, man. Congratulations. What an incredible guy. Always the same guy. Win, lose. Uh, coaching changes, anything else, man. Just as solid as it gets. Really, really concerned myself. Fortunate that we got a chance to know him. Absolutely. All right, Jeff. I want to mention Brian Curry? Brian Curry is the guy we talk about all the time that you need to basically connect with. If you're looking to buy a home in San Diego, we went over the numbers the other day. How many people have never owned a property in San Diego yet? You love this city. Brian Curry is the guy to help you get into that home. At the same time, if you need to sell your house, he's the guy to sell that home for you. He also does property management. He does it all, and he knows San Diego County better than anyone we know. Again, Brian Curry is the guy you want to call to make sure you can make San Diego your permanent home. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588.
Dave, I've had an incredible view in Mission Valley for the last week, and I'm, I'm grown accustomed. I now love Mission Valley. All I need <laughs> is a big bed, mini fridge, and a microwave, and a, about a 30-inch TV, and I'm ready to go. Uh, but no, I probably will not be living here any longer after Saturday, so that's when you start making the call to Brian Curry. And yeah, being the homeowner is just about the coolest thing going, and we've said it. Joe Biden got sworn in today, and there are supposed to be a bunch of different programs coming for first-time homebuyers. So it's time for you to start thinking about that neighborhood. Where do you want to live? Where is it in San Diego? Man, Rancho San Diego, I was thinking about those guys today, had a little brush fire. That's one of my favorite parts that we never talk about. No matter which community is the right one for you, the right one for your family, Brian can get you lined up there. Give Brian a call. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. Absolutely. Once you get done with Brian Curry and you find that home, the next call you're going to make, it's Taylor May Pools. Make sure Taylor May Pools builds that perfect pool for you. Again, Alan Taylor, more than 20 years in San Diego himself. New construction on commercial and residential, full remodels, commercial residential, new equipment, repairs, you name it, anything you need for that perfect pool, whether you need to fix the one you have or start brand new. Again, call Alan Taylor, 619-449-4452, 619-449-4452. There is a pool where I'm staying. I can see it from my fifth floor balcony. Then you look down, it looked like a little bit of rain coming down today. And I thought, oh, man, those are, Dave, there's something about being out in the pool when it just starts to rain a little bit. Obviously, on the hot days, it's always fantastic. But on a nice kind of cool night, nice warm night, little uh, fall or, or spring rain come down, what better night to jump in the pool? But even though we talked earlier about the vaccines coming I think we've all learned that, that one of the nice things is just being able to stay home, staying out of harm's way. So what are you doing in that backyard? If you have the space, doesn't matter uh, how big that backyard is. Alan and his team can probably help you out. I always invite you to go to our website, which is com, because if you click on that sponsor page, you can see some of the great ideas, some of the beautiful designs that Alan has put together for your neighbors, make his next design one for you. TaylorMade Pools is the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff mentioned our website. Again, you can check out our sponsors right there. The guy who's doing our website right now, and he, he's doing a little bit of a fix-up to make it a, a little bit different, to basically shake things up. When you guys uh, look at the website in the next couple days, you're going to notice a difference. Kyle Fluker does a fantastic job. He's the guy to help you with all your website needs as well. 619 500 6621-619-500-6621. Yeah, it feels like, Dave, a lot of people have taken our advice because being in quarantine for 10 days, I've had a chance to look at a bunch of different businesses locally that, and how are they doing their websites. And then I have to tell you, there are a lot of people that have some really, really impressive sites. A lot of those have been put together by Kyle and his team and the problem is when you look and you see five or six great sites and then you look at one that's not very good, but it's just got like a sore thumb. And I don't know how many people are going to give you a second look. They may look and say, hey, that site's not for me. Let me see what their competition's doing. Don't let that happen. Give Kyle a call. Have him take a look at your site. Make the changes that need to be made. That's what he's doing for our site. I can't wait for a couple of weeks when we relaunch it. We'll tell you all about it at that time. Also, uh, last, want to mention Dan Williams. Dan Williams, again, is the guy that wants to help you get out of debt, wants to make sure that your money is in the right place. Moving forward, are you taken care of? Are you set for retirement? Are you out of the rental market? Do you own your own home? All the things that financially is stuff that you need to worry about. Dan Williams can help you out. All you have to do is call him at 858-688-6813, 858-688-6813. The best feeling in the world, I was saying it uh a uh, couple of months, maybe not even that, a couple of weeks, I could be very, very early into 2021 being completely debt-free, meaning no car payment, no bills for a bed or a computer or anything else I've had to purchase, car repairs, everything will be paid off. And what that allows you to do is put money aside so you can find that house that you want to buy. And if your financial situation is not where you want it to be. Boy, do what I did. Talk to Dan. Uh, Borrow Smart, Repay Smart has been so, so valuable to me, and it can be valuable to you as well. Because, yes, there are times when you need to have car repairs, or you might need a computer for work, or you need to change that bet out. But when you're ready to buy a house, 
that's when you really need to have your finances in order, and Dan can make sure you get there. All right, Jeff, here we go. It's January 20th. It's how old are they and how much are they worth? We're going to start out with one of your favorite guys, Rain Wilson. Okay. Rain Wilson is great. I'm going to say he's 48. 55. Really? Yeah, 55. Uh, I'm going to say $10 million. $14 million. Not bad there. Okay, now i got to play another Rain Wilson game with you. Where do you think Rain Wilson is from? Fresno. <laughs> it's funny. I, I said California, I guess. I played this game with uh, with Josh asking him because obviously we're hooked on the office like like you got us watching. And uh, he said Portland. It ended up being uh, Seattle. He's from Seattle. But I thought he would be oh. a, a California guy. But, uh, yeah, Rain Wilson, $14 million. 55 years old and one of the best characters ever in television history. So funny on that show. All right, here's one for you. She was very popular until uh, yesterday. Uh, Kellyanne Conway. Oh, boy. Where's she? Boy, that's a good one. I'm going to say, oh, man. Is she 57? 54. Damn. The money is going to shock you. I'll just tell you that. I'm going to say she's worth... Uh, I don't know. Uh, she was a, I'm going to say $6 million. $39 million. Kellyanne Conway. Holy cow. Her husband, though, was an attorney for Bill Clinton and Philip Morris. 30, oh, got it. $39 million for Kellyanne. All right, here we go. Got it. Another one of your favorites, Buzz Aldrin. Goddamn, dude. Buzz Aldrin throwing a punch at the Lux outside <laughs> Beverly Hills is the best. I'm going to say he's 88. 91. God bless him. Uh, $15 million. $12 million, Not bad at all. All right, here we go. Last one okay. of the night for you. Paul Stanley. Oh, shit. Paul Stanley. I'm going to say 67. 69 years old. Damn. Uh, Gene Simmons has the money, but I know he and Paul are tight. I'm going to say Paul's worth $100 million. $150 million for Paul. All the other Good guys. Gene and Paul are loaded. All the other guys. Uh, basically, yeah, they got nothing. Ace Fraley, hundred eleven thousand. Calling Dan tomorrow, trying to get out of the rental market. Both of them fucked. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Dan will hang up on them too. Dan will hang up on them. All right, five random questions. This first one, I had this conversation yesterday with a buddy of mine, who was saying that he invested his money in this company that where a drone picks you up. And then they take you to where you want to go. So instead of like using an Uber, a drone will come to yeah. you, pick you up, and drop you off at the Padre game at Petco Park. Are you in? Would you ever get inside of a drone no. that picks you up? No. I'm not doing that. Not at all. I'd send Woods in a drone. <laughs> and it would be like, Woods in a drone would be like that fucking kid in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory then in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, never see him again. Never see him again. Out he goes. I'd send that knucklehead in. Absolutely. He's gone. All right, here's my... No, are you doing that? No, I'm not fucking doing that. Here's the crazy thing to me is uh, what happens if, like, it's you and a girl, like, you're on a date, and the drone only takes one at a time? Like, it's like, what do you mean there's only one at a time? It seems yeah, strange. no way, dude. She's... No way. <laughs> one way or the other, she either goes first and ditches you. Or you go first and she ditches you. There's no <laughs> way she's hanging out for that. None. Not in this town. You stick woods in a drone. Fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Not in this town. <laughs> All right. If you could go to uh, any sporting event, what would it be? Now that you have cabin fever, have you thought about what would you like to do? Yeah, I still think anything. Oh, man. Hang on. I was just going to blurt that out. I'm still going to say the Masters, babe. Okay. I'm still going to say... I'm still going to say Sunday in Augusta because just from talking to Katie and talking to Nick Canepa and others that have been there, I'm going to say uh, Sunday at Augusta is mine. Where are you going? That, that That's a great one right there. Sunday at Augusta is uh, is outstanding. You're right. We just talked to Katie about this. Man, we, yeah. we've been lucky enough to see so many fantastic things. I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. What is, what is the one thing um, – God, dude, I'm drawing up blank. I mean, honest to God, outside, I don't want to steal yours, but yours makes the most sense by far is to go to Augusta. I guess I got to go with you because I, I can't. Yeah. There's, there's not one thing that I have not seen. I mean, honestly, that is so crazy. Yeah. I used to joke around that I've never been to the fucking Pro Bowl. Nobody cares. But it, it's, Nobody uh, cares. But we've been to every All-Star game. We've been to every Stanley Cup and World Series and Super Bowls yeah. and 
NCAA championship fights? games. Yeah, we've been to championship fights. We've been to everything. Rus- WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, fuck, we've been to everything. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. Masters is the only thing left on the list. We've been extremely lucky. I think my, uh, I think my son, I think, uh, Dave, I may actually, I'll give you the Masters because my son in 2023 wants to do WrestleMania at SoFi. And while Augusta with him or with them would be great for me, uh, you know what it is, dude. As a dad, you want to do what's great for them. And my son, that was the original plan, right? We had talked about Pearl Jam and the Stones concert that I was scheduled to see in 2020. Uh, Luke Combs and Tim McGraw up there was going to be great. But the original plan was in about six weeks, WrestleMania was going to be at SoFi Stadium. And I was going to take my son Jack to that. That's a great one. His brother probably would have gone, but but you know what? Yeah. As much as I would love uh, Augusta on a Sunday, I know how much he'll love WrestleMania in 2023. So assuming we're we're all here and we're all walking the earth, uh, that would be pretty cool just because I know how much it means to him. And most importantly, because I know he wouldn't be walking the concourse with a fake belt over his shoulder. <laughs> I, you know, I, I like you, Jim Bettencourt. Oh, that's hilarious. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the father-son aspect. I, just by saying that, I, I would change mine. I would go uh, a Saturday night, um, Death Valley, Baton Rouge. I'd go Alabama, LSU. I, I've never been to an yeah. LSU game, a Saturday night game. Josh has obviously been and said, it, you got to see it. So I, I would love to go and see an Alabama, LSU game on a Saturday night would be cool. Would be really it's cool. It's funny though, as, as we do this, um, watching the ducks and the wild are playing at Honda center, a building uh, we've both been in it's probably close to a hundred times. Right. Yeah. And it's just something that you take for granted. I tell you what, Dave, just being able to go back to Honda center, being able to go back to Pachanga arena for a Gulls game or Honda center for the ducks or Staples center for a Clippers game or a Kings or, uh, a Lakers game, man. Shit, give me one of those right now. I'll do any of them. But uh, Petco Park, goddamn, I almost skipped over Petco Park. Any of those where I could just go with my kids and hang out and watch a game, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not difficult. Easy to make happy. You know, you mentioned something about Petco Park. I was, I was going to bring up, and that's fuck it. Since you just brought it up, they were talking about Padre games in 2021 at Petco Park, and that for you to uh-huh. have a chance to see them, you need to be a season ticket holder. Is that fair or unfair? Yeah, it's fine because you're going to limit how many people can get in. And and with limited resources right now, I have no problem with them doing it. I don't see myself doing it at this point, but um, it makes sense from the team's uh, perspective. And, uh, yeah, Dave, I'm all in on that team right now. (laughs) I just I can't criticize anything they're doing. If they're saying, hey, that's the best business plan for me, uh, as an organization which allows us to go out and make the deals that we've made, I'm all in. I, I couldn't, I've already been blind loyal to that team for, for going on 40 years. Uh, yeah, if that's what they got to do, then then do it. There'll still be tickets on the secondary market. They're just going to be pretty expensive. But for me, I'm not, I'm not really looking to go to any games in 21. I'm looking ahead to 22. And so for any of the guys that They'll want to jump in and take our spot. If the pods need you to be a season ticket holder, then be a season ticket holder. Give back to them. I, I was laughing, David, at a Facebook memory that I had today. And it came up, I believe, in like 2015 or 2016. And it was a quote from Ron Fowler saying, um, oh, man, I wish the fans could have seen the trades that we almost made. To which I wrote on Facebook, Ron, I wish you could have seen the tickets I almost bought. And I just looked at that today and I thought, my God, man, what a difference. And and Ron gets a lot of that credit. That's not a shot at Ron, but it's just what a difference a few years make, right? Yes. When they were talking about trades they almost made. And now we're talking about all the deals they actually have made. No, it's great. Of Whatever course. they need. Uh, you, they tell us at this point what they need. We need to get them on YouTube TV. Yes. They're not on YouTube TV right now. We got to get Fox Sports San Diego back on YouTube TV. That's the biggest challenge right now. Oh wow, I didn't even realize that. All right, so not on Hulu. Nope, not on Hulu. Not on uh, on YouTube. But you got a couple of weeks yet. All right, here we go. Since you mentioned Padres, I'll ask the question that went around yesterday for the, about twenty four hours. Who is the better starting rotation right now, Dodgers or Padres? 
Um, I've, I've seen a lot of people that are split on that. I mean, I'm not, I, I just, I dig that Padres reputation a lot. I, I really do. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, yeah, Bueller's a stud, Kershaw tough, but man, I, Snell, Darvish, I, I don't know what Lamette is, Dave. Lamette to me is a huge question mark. And if, if Lamette's solid and ready to go, yeah, I love it. If Lamette's not ready to go, uh, then obviously the Dodgers get the itch. You know, it's funny. You said something months ago that when you said it, I'm looking at you like, man, you're just over, you're, you're over the top. You're losing it right now. And then after you've said it, I couldn't agree with you more. And it makes me nervous every time I hear his name. It's Chris Paddock. Every time that yeah. you said they should trade Chris Paddock right now, I'm like, already? And then now that uh, we're, here we are and spring training is going to get going and you're seeing this is a World Series roster, I really don't have faith in Chris Paddock right now. I don't have any faith that he's going to be able to come out and beat a very good team. He's never beaten very good teams. So he, he's the one question mark I have right now in that rotation. Can he fix it? And do you have time in, in basically a division where the world champions are right there for a chance for this guy to fuck it up? Yeah, no, it's a much different situation today than it was a couple of months back when you were looking at Paddock to be the two or the three. Now when you look at him and you go, he's potentially a four, maybe he's the five, and maybe he's the six if Maury Hone comes in there. Uh, yeah, I think what they have done is taken a lot of pressure off themselves and a lot of pressure off Paddock by going out and making the moves that they've they've made. And, and now all of a sudden, right? Because if you go, it's Snell and Darvish and Lamette and Musgrove. And now you're like, all right, that's pretty solid. How often do we get to the five? Well, but now if the, you go, you all right, it's Snell, it's Darvish. Uh, could it potentially be Musgrove as a three? Then you go, all right, well, is it Panic or Morihone at the four? And then one of the, who's ever left at the five? knowing that Weathers and Gore and others are, are coming up behind them. I just think going out and getting three guys takes a lot of that pressure off of everybody involved. Man, but I, I, mean, I just, I, I had a conversation with a friend yesterday that. who's a diehard fan of this team and he's a big believer and he uses Max Scherzer as his example that we should throw out anything good, bad and different for any pitcher for 2020 because of just how weird the entire season was, you know, all right, you don't have a lot of money invested in paddock. So if you, if you want to give him hopefully a full spring train, uh, spring training and get him back in and see if he can recapture the magic, maybe it's worth the gamble. But I, I just, I worry more Dave about his mental makeup than I do the physical tools. And I've been a paddock guy from day one. I just, I don't know if others want to gamble on him, go ahead. But, and maybe there's just no market for him. That could be the other thing. There might the just thing. not be a market for him, so it makes more sense for an organization to hang on to him and, right. and roll him back out there. Two more quick ones for you. Which game are you more excited to watch this weekend, Bills and Chiefs or Bucks and Packers? Um, Bills and Chiefs, because I, I just have so many friends that are Bills fans that are so in on that team. And here's the thing I say to them. I go, all right, are you more excited about the potential of being one in four or are you more more nervous about the potential of being zero and five? Yeah, uh, right. Well, if they, yeah, but if, you, yeah, if they go to the yeah, you want to go back to the Super Bowl and have a chance of going to one and four. It's worth it. Yeah, but but still, as a Bills fan, yeah, trust yeah. me, man. I get it. As a Vikes fan, as a Vikes fan, they look at it too. Of course, you want to go back to the one. I get it, but that's why I asked. Are you more excited about the potential of one and four? Or are you more nervous about the chance of being 0-5? I say excited. You got to think this is it. Every time you got to believe this time it's different. That's why, yeah, that's you got to go people, for it. But no, I'm excited gamble. for that. I, I love Brady and Rodgers, but I just, uh, like, uh, the herd saying they should hold that game is just that's idiotic. Sick. But um, but I like both of these games, man. I really do. I like it. And um, it's one of the one of the few times it feels like recently – where no matter what the matchup is of the four, if it's Buffalo and the Packers, if it's Buffalo and, and Brady, you go, shit, man, that's pretty cool. And then if it's uh, uh, Mahomes against either one of those two guys, come on. Perfect, right? So, uh, no, I love it. Okay. Which one are you looking forward to more? 
you know what? I was I was gonna go. Oh, God damn! I'm really out of those four teams. Um, I'd love to see the Bills get in. I I, I can't stand the yeah. Chiefs. I don't mind the Bucks or the Packers. I have a, you know obviously a friend that's a huge Brady fan, and for her, me, and everything. So I, I I'd love to see the Bills and Buccaneers in it. Even though I, I think it's probably gonna be in the Packers and the Chiefs. I don't I don't know. Here's what I want to ask you about about. What happened to Mahomes, real quick, because you understand the uh-huh. fight game better than I do. And Jay Glazer brought this up on the herd yesterday. And he was saying Mahomes never suffered a concussion. As a matter of fact, he was ready to go back in the game. What happened was he got hit in the artery by Mac Wilson's hand. And he goes, It only takes a, a second and a half to be knocked unconscious. You get hit in, the, hit in that part of your neck. And he said, Somebody wrote to him and said, As a guy who um, owns a gym, you should be embarrassed that you say it takes uh, shorter than five seconds. And he said, for a guy that runs a gym, you should be embarrassed that it takes longer than five seconds. It takes no time yeah. at all to put someone out if you get them in the right place in that artery in the neck. Yeah, the carotid artery. Yes. Yeah. Do, do you, who, do you, who do you agree with? Do you agree with Jay Glazer or do you agree with the other guy that said uh, it takes more than five seconds? There, to me, there, with all respect to Jay, there's two different things. When with the carotid artery, all you're doing, Dave, is you're just putting pressure on it. I've seen it a thousand times, and most guys will tap because they don't want to go out. But it's just there's there's a certain amount of pressure that you put on that carotid artery, and the guy just goes out. We've seen it, right? And there were guys that I remember at different MMA gyms that just wanted to know the experience of being choked out. What was it all about? So I watched. 15 different guys get choked out. I saw guys <laughs> in actual live fights get choked out. But I'm sorry, if you're going unconscious, uh, I don't think I want to throw you right back in. There's a reason why the medical staff monitors you for the rest of the night for an MMA fight. There's a reason why they monitor you for the NFL. And like I said, Jay's around it all the time. He's around it much more than I am. So I, I definitely value his opinion. It's an educated opinion. But I... Uh, for Mahomes, and, and I don't care if it's Mahomes or Chad Henney, either one of those guys, right? If somebody gets hit like that, that to me looked like a guy who got absolutely knocked out. Yeah. And it, there's a difference when you get knocked out, and there's a difference when you get choked out. When you get knocked out, you have the jelly legs. You can't get your legs under you. When you get choked out, you kind of come back too, and it's like you took a 10-minute nap on the couch, and you're like, okay, where am I? But guys, for the most part, from what I've seen, get their equilibrium back pretty quick. And just from what I saw with Mahomes, he couldn't find his equilibrium. So, uh, again, I, I I defer to the medical step, but for me, I always err on the side of caution for those guys. I tell you what, Mahomes' mother going after Wilson, I thought was kind of crazy on Twitter. Did you catch any of that at all? Any, no. Because well, Wilson, the first thing he did was, hey, I'm sorry to see that happen. It wasn't intentional. And then Wilson's, yeah. uh, then Mahomes' mom attacks him, going, "Evil never wins." Number fifty-one, and he goes, "Hold on oh, a second, I'm trying to win a game. Your son's trying to win the same game. Relax, yeah. you know." I fucking said I, that wasn't my intention. Now you're going to come after me. Now you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, it was. It was bad. It was like one of those like, "Hold yeah. on, wait, wait a second. This is the NFL. Calm the fuck down. Yeah, keep, keep family off of social media. Could, couldn't, couldn't agree more. All right, last question for you." Because of where what you've been doing the last 10 days is, if you had to choose one food to eat every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, I like that. One food um, for the rest of your life every day, what would it be? That's pretty good. I think I could get away with um, barbecued boneless chicken. Oh, there you go. That's pretty good. That's pretty like good. Like a barbecued, like a you know, like a yeah. almost like a at least it's like protein. a blackened chicken breast. Yeah, a pro something protein, something that's not going to uh, be yeah, not a box of seeds. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 not anything <laughs> like that. Just like a like just grilled grilled chicken. Yeah, that would be mine. Where, where are you going, dude? It's funny. First thing in my mind was like pizza, but then you, you said something that made a little bit more sense. Just getting something a little bit healthier and, and uh, a protein that you're going to need anyway. That's pretty good. Yeah. That, that's pretty good. I just All right, well, listen, pizza. everybody, hang in there, stay healthy, wear your mask. Hopefully, uh, better days are coming. And uh, Dave, stay healthy, keep everybody there, and hopefully uh, next week we can be back in the garage. Absolutely. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. Mm-hmm.